Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest is a musical gift that came to me through the Delved in Dreams music promo folks. So my appreciation goes out to Thomas in particular. My guest is Wendy Martin, and we're fortunate to be receiving the full bloom of her musical gifts now, although for decades she relegated them to the backseat while raising kids and caring for family. When you hear her music, you'll realize what a major sacrifice that was for the world. After all, this is a person who, at the age of five, wrote her first song, one that is worth recording decades later, complete with the instrumentation and harmonies she envisioned at five. Wendy's native tendency seems to be country, folk, Americana, like when she performs with Wendy Martin in the B-side, but she can also rock it, like when she's with the Get Downs. Prepare yourself for personal and musical beauty as Wendy Martin joins us by phone from Elkhart, Indiana. Wendy, I'm super excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So how long have you been doing music? You've raised three kids already. Four. Four? Oh, they keep multiplying day by day. Yesterday, it was only three in my mind. But (laughs) (laughs) So you've raised four kids. When did your musical performance extravaganzas start? Oh, gosh. That's an interesting question because, honestly, I think I wrote my first song when I was about five years old. I mean, if you want to count that, I wrote a little song about my dad taking me fishing. And in my mind, I had harmonies. I could hear every instrument in the band that would be playing. I mean, I had it all figured out. I think one day I might actually just do that just because it's kind of a cute little song. But I kind of just stayed a closet musician, writer most of my life. It wasn't until my adult life, probably around the early 90s, that I really came out and started trying to make something of it and reach out with music. I think with my band, we released our first album, and I believe it was 1996, just before we opened a show for Waylon Jennings back in California, and then we've just kind of been, you know, juggling life and music since then. Dare I hope that you could share at least a snippet of your fishing song right now? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh <laughs> You warned me about this, that you might ask me some (laughs) questions that might make me tremble a little bit. I I thought, no, there's nothing. I don't know if I feel comfortable singing that. I am really, really curious what kind of a song you would write when you're five years old. What kind of lyrics? Do you remember any of them? Oh, sure. Okay, I'm going to get brave. One morning long ago when I was lying in my bed, my daddy woke me up and then he very softly said, Do you, do you want to come fishing with me, Wendy? Do you, do you want to come fishing with me? Do you, do you want to come fishing with me, Wendy? I will take you out to the deep blue sea. 
There you wow. go. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I did that. That's much better than at 12 when I wrote, Hello, hello, what is your name? Hello, hello, I do not know. <laughs> Well, I guess we all evolve eventually, don't we? <laughs> we hope. But I understand that when you that song came to you, you know, you had in your mind the harmonies and the instruments, all that kind of stuff at age five? Yes, absolutely. Were you a real musical household? Did you play a lot of instruments already? How did this come in your brain so clearly? Well, my father played guitar and actually his parents are from Mexico uh, initially when they were young and came to the United States. But they, my, my grandmother and my grandfather used to sing together uh, mariachi music and harmonies, lots of harmonies, and uncles and aunts. And when we would have a family gathering, I, I remember lots of guitars. This is early on in my life. Lots of guitars, lots of people singing and harmonies, and that was a big influence. And also my mother, she didn't play an instrument or she didn't sing or anything, but she loved music. She would put her stereo on and play all her 45s. I just got into the Beatles and the Everly Brothers, the Beach Boys. I would lay in front of the speaker and listen, I didn't know what all the instruments were, but I knew what they sounded like. And I could see how much it moved my mother, and I could see how much my father enjoyed playing and singing. I just really wanted to focus on that. I just really knew that that was something powerful. So I can't remember a time in my life where music wasn't that big of a thing to me. It's always been like in my soul. And you said you started coming out of the musical closet in the 1990s. Does that mean you weren't in choirs or you weren't taking piano lessons, all that stuff before then? Actually, I was. I was a part of my high school choir. I got chosen to be in the chamber choir and we went to Europe and sung. I was a second alto. So I learned a lot of singing techniques in my high school choir days. I had a very best friend in high school, and actually later on, or maybe coming up, I wrote a song about her. We would play guitars together and sing. We were in high school, and we would just kind of here and there sing just in front of our friends. And I think we did one spot at our fairgrounds one year, but I have terrible stage fright still to this day. I did it. It was awesome. It scared the heck out of me, and I kind of sunk back into my life and hid. And <laughs> <laughs> It's been like that off and on. I didn't really come out fully until the early 90s. Would you care to name that very best friend that you would sing with? Oh, sure. My very best friend in high school, Lonnie Faulkner. She helped me through so many changes in my life, you know, early adolescence, and you go through a lot of changes, and she was a solid person for me. My parents were going through divorce, and things got ugly, and, and we always came together. We both had horses, and we would just saddle up our horses and take off and just ride. Actually, that's the title of the song I wrote for her. It was Ride, and we would just take off and forget about our worries and our cares, and I love those memories of her. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about that song. 
Well, let's say a little bit more about it, and I want to play it because, number one, I have to tell you this up front. I love your voice. I love your singing. I'm actually kind of sad that the world was deprived of your singing for however many extra decades it took you to get up the courage to go in front of the group again, you know, and to stand up there on the stage. Oh, thank you. Really beautiful, just moving singing that you do. Thank you very much. So, Ride, did you grow up with horses? Is this, uh, I mean, I assume that's what you were riding, not your Harley. No, that was later <laughs> in life. But <laughs> no, this is referring to the horse. Well, you know, I lived in the city, actually, in Southern California until about age 10. And then my dad moved us up to Northern California, kind of out in the country. And I've always loved horses. And my dad found this little horse that he was, it was just lived down the street and they wanted to sell him. So he bought him for me. First horse I ever had. And, and everybody seemed like they had horses out there. It was weird to me because coming from the city, I just, I loved it, but it was like a novelty to me and to everybody else. It was like no big deal. So yeah, that was my first horse. I had other horses after that and actually worked as a horse trainer for a little while. And that's how the song Ride came along by Wendy Martin about her and her friend Lonnie Faulkner. My old friend, I know it's been a while. I wonder how you've been. I thought of you today and smile. Remembering when we were You were always there for me We didn't care if it would rain or if it would shine We'd saddle up and leave the world
when we would ride like the trail would never end like we never go back again and everything was all just had the privilege of Ride by Wendy Martin about her youth riding horses with her best friend. You mentioned your first album was put out in the 1990s. How many albums have you had? I'm really only aware of the most recent one. You were called to my attention because I spoke to the owners of Delved in Dreams who are promoting your current record. How many previous records had you had? We only had the one project that was completed with my band then. Harmony Ridge was the name of the band in California. We haven't released any of those songs yet through Delved and Dreams. I think I might like to revisit those songs and re-record with the knowledge that we have now and the producers and studios that we work with. I think we could actually get some better recordings. So I look forward to maybe re-releasing those songs under Delved and Dreams in the future. But that's it. Just that one album way back when. And then the new one here, which Delved and Dreams picked up. And lucky for me, they've been doing some good work with that. It's like all over in the UK. And I'm just really excited. People seem to really like the music. And it's really inspiring to me and helping me not have so much stage fright. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that people will like you? Yeah. If you were part of opening for Waylon Jennings, then I'm kind of imagining that that was a big crowd. Well, it was. It was in our hometown. We didn't, like, follow him on tour and open every show for him. But when he came to our hometown in Nevada County, California, we got the opportunity to open the show for him. And it was amazing. It was a little stadium that we had there and the grandstands. It was all packed and track seating. And, you know, it was a regular, I felt like a rock star We went and met people after our show, and, you know, it was like people were asking for my autograph, and we sold so many CDs, and it was just really encouraging and a wonderful, wonderful experience. And we've since opened shows for other folks there at the same fairgrounds, the Bellamy Brothers, Jamie Fricky. Oh, my gosh, there were so many artists that came through that we had the opportunity to open for. And each time, you know, I walked away feeling like a rock star. It was just amazing. (laughs) Well, you are a rock star or maybe more a country rock star, country folk. How do you identify your own taste in music? That's tricky because if you were to look at my playlist, it would have everything from classical guitar and piano to Tupac and Eminem. So and everything in between. And that's shocking to most people because I I generally, I write country folk and sometimes I lean into rock a little bit, but I like a lot of different styles of music because I think music helps 
identify our feelings. You know, we all have a wide variation of feelings and sometimes I'm feeling aggressive and angry and I'll listen to some really hardcore metal. And other times I'm feeling sad or just a little more introspective and I will listen to maybe Kate Wolf from, you know, she was from our hometown in California and she was a great folk singer. Really? Kate was from your area? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So do you easily give yourself to love? Give myself to love. Isn't that one of her songs, right? Oh, yes, yes. Actually, I haven't. (laughs) Yes. I haven't listened to her stuff in a while. I've been so busy writing my own stuff and trying to focus ever since Delved and Dreams came into view here. It's been really a whirlwind, a wonderful whirlwind. Well, why don't you introduce us to more elements of that whirlwind that's going around by sharing another song? Well, the next song I'd like to talk about is a song that I wrote with my husband. It's entitled My Son. We wrote this, it was quite a while ago. It was when our first child was leaving the nest. And so, you know, all the feelings that go with that, you wonder if they're ready. You wonder if you did everything right. As a parent, you're always hoping that you gave your kids all the right tools that they may need in life. So I kind of sat down with the guitar and started playing some chords, and, and Rod rattled off some lyrics, and away it went. We're going to dive right in. It's My Son by Wendy Martin and her husband, Rod Martin. I'm looking out the window at another day And thinking about how life just speeds on by All the chances and all the pain All the sunshine and all the rain And I can't see the man that you'll become Hiding just behind your you And I can see you searching for Wonder if I taught you everything you'll need to know. Will a part of me go with you when it's time for you to go? Will you turn to face the world with open arms and eyes that see? And do you know how much you mean to me, my son? Everything you'll need to know Will a part of me 
you when it's time for you to go? Will you turn to face the world with open arms and eyes that see? Wendy Martin is my guest today for a Song of the Soul, and that's a song by both her and her husband Rod called My Son. It's on their latest release, and we've got a link to wendymartinmusic.com on nordenspiritradio.org. And again, My Son. So I've got just one child that I've produced, uh, my son, Chris, and I actually haven't written him a song, and I think you've given me the idea that maybe it's about time. I'm 64, and he's 32. I think it's overdue. I think you're a little late on that, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have a lot of information to pull from, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Well, I do want to remind our listeners, you are tuned in to Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production. NorthernSpiritRadio.org is our website. All of our guests and links to them in the stations where we're broadcast. There are some six stations in California, for instance, that carry our programs. But all over, there are some 37 stations carrying Northern Spirit Radio programs. Click comment when you come so that we can get your input for, on our programs. And there's a donate button. Full-time work this is, but it depends upon your donations, not government, not corporations. That's because we're broadcast on community radio stations. I really want you to start by supporting them. They give a slice of music and of news that you get nowhere else. I'm kind of hoping that you have some wonderful community radio stations right there in Elkhart. Do you know of any, Monday? Yeah, WVPE, I believe, is out of Goshen in my area, and they have a lot of shows there. We have a great music community here in this area, the Elkhart, South Bend, Indiana area. Of course, we're close to Notre Dame. There's just a, a really wonderful music community here. Do you have any kids left at home? No, everybody's up and out. I have three stepchildren. Those are my husband's kids. And then I have one biological son myself. He's the youngest, and, and he's 28. 
and they're all here in Indiana except one. Um, we have a son in San Diego still. He went to college there, and he remains there, and I don't blame him. <laughs> because it was pretty cold and snowy these, just recently around down by you. Very cold. It still is very, very cold here. These are the hard months in northern Indiana. In the meantime, I'm pretty sure you could keep us warm with another song. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd like to talk about a song that's particularly important to me, and my husband both wrote this together. It's called Eyes of the Children. We wrote this song right after the Columbine shootings happened. Now, that's been a long time ago, but unfortunately, this is still an issue in our country and all over the world. Right after that event, of course, like everybody, we were all struck by the horrible violence, and we were just wondering, talking about it, what makes a child hurt so badly that they would turn to such an act of violence and anger? Nobody knows all the answers to that, but I imagined two stories that might come into play in the situation, and the song was written, you'll hear it's about a girl and then about a boy as well and what they might be going through. There's a lot of bullying and, and a lot of things that happen, of course, to everybody when we grow up. But for some, you know, it kind of crosses a line. And we wrote this song in hopes that it would bring awareness to what people are going through, especially our children. I think that's the most important thing. It's called The Eyes of the Children, Wendy Martin. Daddy's girl has mama's smile She's far from a picture-perfect child She wears her pride out where everyone can see but No one knows the secrets that she keeps Johnny did not make the cut all the other boys say really isn't good enough And every day they keep reminding him That he could never be like them well, Look into the eyes of the children See the hurt Look into the hearts that are broken Help them find their way again Look into the eyes of the children Daddy's girl days and days but he just hangs his head in shame cause he knows the reasons why she couldn't stay and Johnny took all that he could take he was gonna show them all today would be the day and nobody knew what he had planned no one knew inside his back Look into the eyes of the children See the hurt, feel the pain Look into the eyes of the children 
to the hearts that are broken Help them find their way song of the soul we have wendy martin here that's her song with her husband rod called eyes of the children and their website wendymartinmusic.com certainly heartbreaking you have the voice to bring it across but obviously your husband's participating there with uh, lyrics and music my understanding is that you're not a mild-mannered reporter like Clark Kent, but that you're a medical tech and that your husband uh, works in an insurance office. You pour out this kind of music. I just wish that our world were fair enough that people with your musical gifts could also make a living off of it. I don't suppose that's in the near future for you yet? Well, I'm hoping. It's kind of a funny situation because I've actually spent a lot of my life taking care of family members. It wasn't until actually the death of my father that I came to a lot of realizations late in in my life, obviously, but, you know, we don't have that much time. So we have to look beyond our fears and realize that we have I realized that I have a mission, and that is to share my story and stop being afraid and do it while you can. I mean, there's nothing to be afraid of. you got to just get out there and get the music going. My husband has always been the biggest supporter of me healing. I mean, I've, I've healed a lot through music and getting to the point where it's actually, I can see it giving back to me when I share it. It's scary because I don't tend to write about light-hearted things, and there's a reason for that. I want to dig deep into people's psyche and turn on digging into my own, and it brings me healing, and I hope that it brings other people healing too. So 
as far as making an income on this, that would be fantastic. I would love for this to take off and be crazy successful and not have to worry about money. But honestly, that's not my primary focus. My primary focus is to have the music heard. Hopefully, people will feel that they're not alone, that other people feel like they may be feeling. Because I know that that was my story. You know, when I wrote When Daddies Aren't Heroes, it's taken me a long time to be able to bring that song out because it's incredibly personal. And it was more written for me. I wanted to heal. I needed to get these feelings out. But in doing that, I realized that there's a lot of people out there who need the same thing, and they might be waiting to know that somebody else feels just like they do, and they're not alone. So, gosh, that was a nice segue to that song, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Gee, it must be that you're skilled at radio interviews. That's what it is, and you're no longer uh, an introvert, no longer shy in front of groups. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can be pretty brave here on the telephone, so... (laughs) 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 Well, speaking of when daddies aren't heroes, you're not the only one from an alcoholic family. I perhaps have less shame than many people in the world, but I don't feel reluctant to share my story, and I'm glad you're not hesitating to share it in this song. My mom died uh, when I was nine years old. She was drunk driving. She went off the road and died. And that same night, completely independently, my dad, after work, went drinking. And when he was coming home, he was drunk driving, and he had on another car. He didn't get hurt particularly, though one of the people in the other car was in critical condition for a month. So I almost lost both parents independently when I was nine years old because of alcoholism. Oh, my God. And so I, I think I know something about it. Yes. And it's such a conflicted relationship when you know your parent is a wonderful person in many ways, and that they have this illness, this problem that becomes a problem for everyone around them. You know, I love you, but if only you didn't right. put this in the middle of our lives. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing, actually. I mean, uh, my mother was my rock and my hero to this day. She was always there for my sister and I through most difficult and terrifying times. And my dad, I love him still. I mean, he was a very loving, wonderful, spiritual human being who just happened to be an alcoholic. And it was like, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde. And when he drank, he was not a nice man. The violence, I mean, he he would turn violent on many occasions. And, you know, you'd, you'd get down to survival. It's just a very difficult place to be, and through the years, I just stayed so connected to him, and he was a, he ended up being a train wreck, you know. I mean, he got into even more things than just alcohol, and he was just a very troubled soul. When he burned all his bridges and there was nothing left for him, I don't know why, because it almost wrecked me, but I'm glad I did it now. I mean, I, I took care of him in his last days, and I think that it was about six years. He came up here to Indiana and stayed here with me, and he was a severe diabetic and lots of heart troubles, had heart attacks, and I mean, just one thing after another, several amputations from his diabetes, and I just decided 
what kind of daughter do I want to be, even though he's been a difficult man and he's even more difficult in his old age and he's angry and even more bitter. I just couldn't abandon him. I had to stay with him. So everything else went on hold. And with the support of my family, my mom and my sister, and especially my husband and my kids, I knuckled down and took care of him until he just decided that was enough. And when he left, it's like I, I got a piece of myself back that I never had, that I had always given to him. And that's when it all came to me. It's like I, I got something to say. I've got a story to tell. And my means to do that is through music, and I'm not wasting any more time. I'm going to put it out there because there's other people out there going through the same thing. And this song in particular is for kids whose parents may be afflicted with alcoholism or drug addiction, and they're in that little space in their bedroom hiding and wondering how it's all going to work out, like I was. I was in my room hiding, and I heard a song on the radio. I can't even remember which one. It was probably several. It just happened to say how I felt. And I knew at that moment I wasn't alone, and I was going to be okay one way or another. I wrote this song for that kid, for that person. They're not alone. This is for us. A story that many of us have lived, and certainly Wendy Martin has lived it, which is why she wrote, When Daddies Aren't Heroes. It's three in the morning He's just pulling in She closes her eyes Wishes him gone again Cause he's back on the bottle And back from the ball She's back to survival as he stumbles out of the car. It's happened so many times, he 
daddies aren't heroes No lullabies No nursery rhymes No kiss goodnight No one to make it right No place to go Cause no one should know Oh, it's so confusing There's no gratitude to you, Wendy Martin, for sharing that song, When Daddies Aren't Heroes. Obviously, that's coming from deep, and uh, I mean, it's a both a place where there's lots of trouble and there's also love, and those are some, maybe some of the hardest places to talk about because you don't want to drag someone through the mud, but there's the mud that we each walk through that we track into our lives that your father was doing. And, you know, you said the, the name of the song, When Daddies Aren't Heroes, he's a hero some of the time, and then part of the time he's not. And you said he was a very spiritual person yes. when he wasn't drinking. What did you mean by that? Well, he's always had a strong faith in God as he saw him. We were raised Catholic, of course, being in a, a Latino family, but he believed in nature and he kind of followed the Native American way. He believed that we were all connected. He had a deep love for his family and he was a kid of an alcoholic too. My grandfather was a, he had troubles that way and it goes like that in families sometimes. He was very loving. He was the one that could pick me up. I, I have this picture in my mind. My mother took a picture. When he came home from work one day, scooped me up. I must have been about six years old. Put me on his shoulder and posed for a picture. And he always would just tell me how much he loved me and, and never spared kisses and hugs. And my mother was more the butt kicker. She loved me. I never doubted that. But she was not as affectionate outwardly. It was a good balance between them. It's just when his addictions creeped up and his anxieties creeped up on him and he self-medicated, he just became that other person, and it's kind of hard. Kind of is kind of an understatement. Yeah. Yes. So he comes out of Catholic tradition, and you were raised Catholic, and there's some Native American influence in his way of thinking about things. Mm -hmm. And from your mother, what did you get besides butt-kicking? <laughs> From my mother, I learned how to survive. I learned how to be strong in the face of darkness, that you persevered no matter what. Of course, if you're very ill, then you don't get up and go to work. But when you don't feel good and you don't feel like doing it, it doesn't matter. You get up and you take care of your business. 
And that's what she did when we and I when we escaped and I call it escape because that's what it was like. We had to stay in hiding for a little while until my dad cooled off. I know she must have been scared and I don't know, but we stayed with like these total strangers that a friend of a friend of a friend where we hid for a week just to be safe and she made us go to school and she made sure our clothes were clean and we were fed. I don't know how she did that with two girls and on her income, but she showed me that it could be done. She was always a big supporter of my music, too, because that's how I did a lot of my healing is I'd write a song about it. She'd listen, and she would be supportive. She never once put me down or said, oh, what are you thinking? You can't do that. There's a million people out there that want to do it. No, quite the contrary. She was recording my songs, you know, and trying to show them to people, and she was the butt kicker in a sense that she kept me going. She wouldn't let me lay down and feel sorry for myself. She kept me going. Spiritually, you start from this Catholic upbringing. Have you continued that into adulthood? How do you and Rod uh, experiment with the world? What have you done for your kids? Have you passed along to them butt kicking? (laughs) Yes, actually. I've mellowed in my later years now. But yes, my son and all of our kids, actually, I was kind of the butt kicker keeping them going and and moving through their lives and everything. But, you know, uh, Rob and I both kind of steer away from organized religion. It's just not for us. I tend to be, it's kind of weird to say, but I, I do follow the way of the Native American spiritualism in that we are all connected. We're all in this thing together, and we have to have mutual respect for all living things here and stop thinking like I'm the only one that what I think and do, it only affects me. It doesn't. It affects everything and everyone, and we try and live our lives that way. We believe in a higher power, and I pray and meditate to keep myself grounded And when my anxieties come in and I feel like I'm not good enough, you know, I get that imposter syndrome and I feel like, who do I think I am making music and putting it out there? Who's going to want to hear this? I ground myself and I connect with nature and love and I know that I'm on a path that I'm meant to be on. Part of that path you share as an individual musician, you can perform solo. Sometimes it's you and your husband Rod together, and sometimes it's Wendy Martin and the B-side. That's right. And that means Mike Davis, Chris Campbell, Scott Cavanis, and you and Rod. So why the B-side? Because I, I think you're rather an A-side person, really, <laughs> if, the, if fairness was in this world. Well, thank you. None of us in the group are very good at picking band names, and we laugh at a couple of names we had in mind. But I think we picked the B-side because, you know, you always have those hits that everybody plays, you know, the brown-eyed girls and the Mustang Sallys, and, you know, what everybody wants to hear when they go out to a party and everything. But this particular group of people, we always kind of like the offbeat stuff or the B-side. I mean, for youngsters, they probably don't know what that means. When you have a 45, you have the A-side, and then you flip it over to the B-side. And it was a cool song, but it wasn't the hit. Well, we found that we really like a lot of those B-side songs. So we kind of wanted to express that. It's like we, we do a lot of those offbeat songs. Now, you're probably going to ask me, what is a B-side hit that you enjoy? And I can't, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I don't 
off the top of my head. In part because we don't have 45s anymore where you flip it over and see the B-side. So it's it's not visually there for us anymore. But I do know what you mean. So you perform sometimes with Wendy Martin and the B-side, but there's also the Get Downs. Who's that? What's that? Well, the Get Downs is a group fronted by Mike Frank. I really just joined the group to be a background vocalist, and he ended up pulling me in as all the band members he pulls in to help write and flesh out some harmonies. And it's more of a rock and roll band. There's two albums out now, the Get Down self-titled album and Run Away From The Night is the second album that was just released. So you also do music with the Get Downs, and you uh, started out with Harmony Ridge and Wendy Martin and the B-Side. And I think we have one more song that we can share today, and what would that be for you? This is one of the newer songs. It won't be on the album that's out now. It'll be on the future album coming out shortly. It's called Keep in Time. And, you know, being from California and being out here in Indiana, sometimes I miss home. I look out to the West and I think about my people in the West and there's a lot of trains where I live and I hear that horn blowing and it evokes kind of a melancholy feeling of, you know, missing home. And I kind of dove into that emotion when I wrote this song. It's written for those who feel the passage of time and dreams. For me, in this song, it's the sound of the train's horn that kind of evokes that feeling. We're going to finish our Song of the Soul visit with Wendy Martin with her song, Keeping Time. It's not on her existing album, but it's going to be on an upcoming album. How soon is that expected, Wendy? I'm hoping within six months, hopefully sooner than that. So we're looking for by mid-2019 that you'll have a new release by Wendy Martin or by Wendy Martin and the B-Side or whoever it is, Rod and all these (laughs) others. All of us. Mike, Chris, Scott, all of those folks, Mm -hmm. yes. So we're going to hear Keeping Time by her. But in the meantime, I'll say it one more time. I love your singing, both... What you sing and how you sing it are a blessing to the world, and I want to encourage you all you can to get it out there to the world. You're bringing great gifts directly from your spirit, from your heart, from your life into the world, and I want to thank you so much for sharing that with us today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. That means everything to me, and thank you for being a part of getting the music out there. I appreciate everything you do. And so we end with Wendy Martin. Again, her website, wendymartinmusic.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org, of course. We end with Keeping Time. My appreciation to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Every time I hear the sound of the trains when they're coming down from the east side of Illinois somewhere in the west can't help but feel this way like too much time has slipped away like I'll never really be okay with the choices I have made and the horns blow and my heart knows and my mind remains And my body's keeping time And my soul, it flies high 
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.